this podcast is about business and personal development and everything else going on in the world. Uh, this is the podcast for the everyday hustler who's you know looking to unwind after a long day. <laughs> yeah, so join us on our journey as we become better in business. And pretty much just better people in general. <laughs> Monday. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Amari checking in. This is Jared. Man, this is another episode of Off the Hustle. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, last week, well, really this weekend, I kind of touched on something that I I do very frequently, but I, I started reading a new book that kind of opened my eyes to a new way of looking at uh, the tendencies I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called the four the four tendencies. I want to say the name of the book is. Don't don't ask me who the author is. So I'm not gonna remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But I like how it broke down a new framework of uh, not really looking at your power, your, looking at your personality, but looking at some of the tendencies you have. Uh, whether you're the type of person to question stuff, whether you're the type of person that uh, has better external accountability versus internal accountability. And then while I was going over that, me and you had a really interesting conversation about the importance of being a reader yeah so and um, me personally you know within these past couple weeks i've been continuously going back and forth within um, ryan serhant's book that you gave me um, like last month you know the book about you know becoming a better uh, better salesman and the reason why you know to some people you guys may have been familiar with me speaking about this book um, in very earlier episodes and you know the reason why it's taking me so time so much long to you know get through this book it's not so much about it being an inconvenience or i'm struggling with the reading process it's more about reading for application so you know since i've you know dived into this book and began the journey of you know getting familiar with his concepts that he's presenting in his um in his um book i've been actually taking time out to practice so those those concepts or those tips that he's giving throughout the text I'm making sure to just, you know, put it into my own wheelhouse and just see how it goes. And you know, the crazy part is, man, growing up, I wasn't a reader. Me neither. I I would avoid books like the plague. <laughs> me like, too. It, it was one of those serious things where if somebody handed me a book, I'd be like, why don't you give me this one? It's so bad that my, I want to say my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. it, I didn't start reading until after my junior year. So it was like junior year four is when I started reading. Uh, the last time that I definitely tried to avoid reading a book, nope, I take it back. I read, uh, was it 1948, 1984, uh, the Fahrenheit 451. That's what I read. I read Fahrenheit 451, sophomore year of high school. It was, you know, a signed book. I loved it. I loved that one. You dived right into the deep end of it. Man, they they said, you got to read this. You got to write a report. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this one a try. I read it. I loved it. Going into junior year, they wanted me to read the Scarlet Letter, and I was like, "I'm straight. It's summertime. I'm I'm not gonna do it." So I te- I literally avoided that book like the plague until like somebody texted me like the week before school started. Mm-hmm. I wrote my whole report based off of Spark Notes. Really, it was so good. Like the report was so good that he knew I plagiarized instantly. <laughs> And he was, it, like, he was like, you bringing up concepts that's like well beyond a high school. And I was like, maybe I'm just smart. He was like, or maybe you just went to Spark Notes. And I was I like, did. you got me. Yeah. Yeah. And this is before, and I'm pretty sure this is before the time where, you know, technology was so up to speed where you got those different websites that can, you know, check plagiarism. 
And he tried to tell me he had one, but I was like, man, I don't really believe you. Yeah, he probably did. He, he might have, but, you know, he was <laughs> like, yeah, because you used the exact same sentence. And that's how I knew he lied, because I was like, no, I didn't. Yeah. I was in a thesaurus the entire time. <laughs> I was changing words. Like, I was like, oh, that worked. that's too big for me. Let me dumb it down. Yeah. Hey, you smart about that one, though. But, yeah, but somewhere around later that year, me and him had a conversation. He was pretty much like, yeah, you plagiarized. And I was like, all right, you got me. Mm-hmm. Uh that was like literally the third day of school. So, so yeah. probably like three months later, I don't know who I was talking to. Actually, I remember it. I came to visit Quan, you know Quan, my god brother. And one of his mentors said something about a book. And I was like, man, I'm interested to find out what that is. Because mm-hmm. the way he presented it is just sound amazing. Mm-hmm. And I th- actually, I want to say the book was uh, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. So I read Think and Grow Rich. Uh, this back when you could was you could uh, torn a book mm-hmm. you could get the pdf so i read thinking grow rich and it kind of started changing the way i started thinking about stuff mm-hmm. and i was like man wait hold on you telling me there's ways out here i can make money and i ain't got to work for nobody i ain't got to struggle all right cool so at, at like 16 17 that's the move mm-hmm. all right cool i'm gonna find ways to make money and do what i need to do to move around the way i like to move around and some and then somehow i got on to think uh Robert Kiyosaki, uh, okay. everyone's read. Uh, yeah, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, and then I started. I think that's around the time when I really started getting into books. I think by the time we met in college, I was already a reader. Yeah, right usually, yeah, and yeah, same thing for me. So like, where I think up till um, prior to like seventh grade, I was always you know I was always very um, great with mathematics. Um, but you know literature any other subject you know I was you know um, come see come side I was kind of so so <laughs> you know what I'm saying they got but, a movie by yeah exactly um, but it was um, right around the time when the first Harry Potter movie um, Harry Potter came out um, you know it was a huge it, it became a huge influential uh, film uh, here in the United States but you know in, elsewhere in, around the world the book was already relevant you know, the literature was already out there available for people who was in the know-how. And the book was so great, so vivid with detail. And it had a lot of great um, things in the, the con- in the textbook, not text, I'm sorry, in the, the novel that was in the movie. And the reason I speak about Harry Potter was because that is what really got me to become more of a um, steady reader versus mm-hmm. watching television. And I have to give my, I have to give um, thanks to one of my teachers at the time because she's the one I can't remember her name, but she was my literature uh, teacher in middle school. And when I was in seventh grade, she gave me you know the first Harry Potter book that she had had for at least two years prior to the movie going coming out. And you know I sat down a lot of pages. Anyone who anyone who's read Harry Potter, you know that it's not no one hundred two hundred page book but definitely worth you know the experience so and think about a seventh grade kid who's never really read a a novel of that size so you know at the beginning it was a workout it was definitely a struggle because i'm so used to watching tv i'm so used to you know doing anything else with my time other than sitting down with peace and quiet and focusing on little pieces of paper with little black words so 
but by the time I got through like the first 50 to 100 pages, it became something like a, you know, an everyday thing that I did, such as going outside or, you know, waking up, eating, brushing teeth, whatever I did, it became part, it became part of my routine. So by the time I finished that book, I was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen with the next book, with the next book, with the next book. And then, and what was so funny was I became that person where, you know, you go to the movies and you watch a film, but you, you looking at the film because you're trying to compare it to the novel. Yeah, man, they missed all of that. Exactly. I became that person. That ain't even right. <laughs> exactly. And at first I used to make, I used to make fun of people like that. You know, you just think like, bro, like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But then I was, and then, but once I started to read more books that had fam, uh, films that accompanied the literature, I was like, nah, there's a lot of things that Hollywood doesn't include <laughs> in the film because of the fact that, you know, for whatever reason, but it does take away from the story itself. And that's when, I, and over time, especially, I think by the time I got to college, I started to understand that that's why it was more important for people to read, especially, you know, myself included, because of the fact that there are going to be things that people would tell you from face value but if you don't take time out to really look and research for yourself within the textbooks, within the novels, or within the pieces of paper, the forms, whatever, if you don't read for yourself, you would never really know, you know, how things were originally created or how it came to be. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, just going on what you said, it's a reason why a lot of people don't reach like their heights or they don't even start thinking in new ways. Yeah, it, it, they don't they don't open a book, and I know it sounds like that whole cliche of you know people don't like to read but it's, it's a it's something serious in it because you start to realize that all the people that are mentioned in history as avid readers like were great people like don't get me wrong it's probably some not great people that were still reading but <laughs> sure. but a lot of them like pre-tv pre-radio everyone had to read to get to know something so there was a lot of blueprints that were just put in books and articles and mm -hmm. transcripts and things of that nature, and I think now uh, we kind of got out of the habit of sitting and reading a book because we wanted we wanted we want information now. We rather read mm -hmm. seven ways to do this or eleven ways to accomplish that or get a straight blueprint. Well, sometimes you know, I learned about the importance of civil rights from reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, mm -hmm. but he kind of laid out the blueprint of not being an amazing person in the beginning, but evolving into it. And that kind of let me know that no matter what I do today, I can grow. Mm -hmm. And that, that was kind of what the story taught me. And he gave a blueprint for a blueprint for growing. Now I'm not going to join the nation of Islam. I'm going <laughs> to say that now, who knows? I'm, you know, I may change my mind later, but he laid out a blueprint for evolution in man. Yeah. And it's not something you would directly tie to it on a, on a, just looking at title type thing. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of um, black history, you know, as a kid, you know, one, um, I think I was in like, I think probably around that same age range, around like 11, 12 years old when I was, you know, in middle school um, and, you know, starting to get knowledge of self and starting to get knowledge of, you know, myself, start to explore things. And, you know, I would hear Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and a few other civil rights um, leaders that you constantly hear about in, in the United States, but you rarely hear this guy by the name of Marcus Garvey. 
I got a one line and one glance. And the reason that I say that is I'm, I started to learn as I began to read more. What started to intrigue me wasn't the fiction books. I liked them. I love them. I love watching TV. I love stories. But the reason they didn't catch me was because I didn't see relatable evidence in them. Mm-hmm. And I started to learn that development started happening for me in particular when I started reading history. Similar to how you saying you started reading Marcus Garvey. I went a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I was reading about Napoleon. I was reading about Julius Caesar. And I don't mean like the, the play Julius Caesar. No, no, I was reading not, yeah. about his accomplishments and things he had done. I started reading about, you know, uh, different. Really, my, my thing was generals. I started reading about war generals. Mm-hmm. And I, it started to intrigue me because I'm like, man, in a time when they didn't have this, they were thinking about this. So you're telling me there was a guy who sat down. And most people don't realize back in the day, philosophers, a philosopher's whole job was to read everything and then go to whoever was supposed to be next in line to be emperor and teach him everything he had read. Mm-hmm. So it was essentially, he was condensing a lifetime of knowledge into someone that was like 10, so that by the time they're 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. they could really take over a nation. Yeah, it's, like the, it's like the original Spark Notes. It, yeah, that, that's what it was. Those are portable spark notes that you mm-hmm. can take with you. So what I started realizing was, for me, when I started reading about generals and war, and then I started reading about different history people, I started to see myself develop in the way I ch- the way I thought was changing, the way I was leading was changing. Mm-hmm. Because in student organizations, I started realizing that I no longer had to be the the person that does it all, because you start to realize a general does a general leads from the front, but he doesn't fight with the front lines. He doesn't. It's two different things. Mm-hmm. So I started learning that about myself. Like, well, I can lead from the front without having to fight on the front lines. You start looking at different books where I start diving into the self self uh, self help realm, but I did a major focus on like books that centered around history, like yeah. your Forty Eight Laws of Power, mm-hmm. uh, the Art of Seduction. That's why I started to learn about Cleopatra, uh, Joan of Arc. And I'm like, okay, now I'm learning about these women in history that were doing some crazy things. And then I started realizing, well, if I tweak my the way I think a little bit and I think from a more feminine lens, what you know, what Cleopatra did make a lot of sense. And I and I I say all of that to ask you, when when did development of reading start to affect uh, you on a grand scale as Omari Davis. Yeah, it started to affect me. Um, I say like my high school years. So when I was in, um, when I was in like tenth and eleventh grade, that's you know this is when Omari starting to yeah I'm speaking to myself I'm speaking to myself in third person right now. So tenth eleventh grade, this is when Omari is starting to realize you know that he's able to not wait till when he's older to make money to make moves in general and I'm starting to take my ideas and I'm starting to apply what I already know into making them happen and making them successful. This can be business ideas, this can be you know just ideas to you know create anything that my mind comes up with at the time and I realized this is when I finally started to realize that okay I don't know enough to make my dreams come true right now so I need to go get the knowledge, you know, go meet the people who have the knowledge or have the experience. 
And with that, this is, you know, um, internet is, you know, still kind of fairly new, but not, you know, but it's up and running. We don't have, just have dial-up. We have broadband, all kind yeah. of stuff. When people start getting modems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so I'm able to, you know, use Google to, at my disposal, Ask Jeeves, Yahoo, all the different search engines. Manual. No, bruh. Yeah. Ask Jeeves? Yeah, man. He was using AOL too, weren't you? AOL, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, yeah, we're still getting those AOL discs in the mail. Yeah, so that's how, that's how, that's, that's, this is the time period. Oh, where, that's old. Oh, yeah, that's definitely old, bruh. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely using the resources that I have at my disposal to go seek knowledge. So, when I'm Googling things and I'm coming across Wikipedia, which I really wasn't, you know, I was kind of familiar with it. Oh, early days of Wiki. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And this when is nothing what, was reliable. Nothing was reliable, for sure. But you had, this is where you had to really go to multiple websites to kind of put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. And you still have to do that now. But at this time, you know, fairly young, doing high school, I'm starting to understand that if I, I already learned earlier in my childhood that reading comes with so many benefits if you have the patience. Now I'm realizing, kind of to, you know, similar to your, your story that you just mentioned, where like, you know, speed reading, um, reading time is on your side all the time. Where I had to really go, I had to use, I had to allocate certain time of my life every day to obtain certain knowledge so I can make sure that, hey, if I wanted to create a lawn business or, or you know, be a better leader in managed curricular activities or whatever, I had to make sure that I was able to apply the knowledge quickly and swiftly enough to where I can make sure that I bring the results. And that's how, it, for me, it was very, you know, it was very simple and plain. It really, you know, it's not a long story. Just know that at that time, that's when I realized that reading is very important for anyone who is trying to improve themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't really get too deep. I didn't really get too um uh, familiar with self-help books until my college years. Um, at you know, when growing up as a kid throughout grade school, I'm really reading more of your uh, story-based books. So like the Alchemist, you know, those type of books where it has more of a um, bigger picture to the story. You just have to take time out to read it, and that's how I started to get more there. You know, learn more, more and more about theoretical types of concepts. Now, in college, that's when I started to read more self-help books like your Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, uh, Broke Millionaire, The Millionaire Next Door, all those types of books. And that's how I came to be to where I'm at present day. Yeah. And I think the really cool thing about reading, if you're trying to read for development or what we like to say, uh, leaders are readers. Mm -hmm. So you really can break it down to like there are four major concepts you can get from reading. Uh, and what makes you a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, and the four that we, we kind of narrowed down to was, the, well, I'm going to just read off all four, then we'll go back and touch on each one. Mm -hmm. uh, reading gives leaders an advantage, uh, presents new and thoughtful ideas, it serves as a reminder of important concepts, and you learn from the experience of others. So just going back, when reading, what type of advantage would you say reading gives a leader? It gives you the advantage of building um, helpful skill sets. So mm -hmm. when you're talking about learning a new skill for the very first time, because now we're we're in the information age where information is at a, is, a, is is available at, in an abundance, and there's so many different things that you can learn about. You know, 
whatever your imagination can think of, you can go get it right now if you just have the willpower and if you have the um, the willingness to go learn it. The only thing, this is where a lot of people get caught up in. They've built so many bad skill sets and so many bad habits that it um, distracts them from getting to the information. Because if you don't have, if you're so used to watching TV or you're so used to listening to music, you're so used to being around people all the time, you're so used to doing so many other things that is keeping you away from sitting down and reading a book, reading a, a screen with words on it, sentences and paragraphs and you know things that has the answers to your questions, then you're not going to ever get to the point where you want to be. And then even after you read information, you got to apply it to what you're applying to yourself and do it. So you're talking about having taking the time out, having the, the willingness and the drive to sit down and read information and then apply it to yourself and actually practice it, becoming a practitioner. So you're talking about some things where we say, where people think, hey, getting a self-help book is going to help. It's going to a self-help book and reading it and then going, going about my, my life and my life is supposed to change within the blink of an eye. It's not going to happen. I wish it were like that. I, I wish too. You know what I'm saying? It's times where I don't want to read a book, but it's times that I don't want to read a book and I just want to go do. But I, but I understand that the information is there for me to, you know, grasp and understand before I actually move forward. So you say the advantage in itself is the fact that the person that reads wants the knowledge. They mm -hmm. want to be ahead. They want to be further. And they actually take the time to better themselves to do it. Yeah, because and, and, and let's and let's just put into this and um, let's put into this example. Uh, majority of your channels on cable television. How many of those channels really give you like information that you need to better yourself? Mm. You know, I don't. If you ain't looking at uh, PBS during the day, I don't really know what <laughs> you know. Well, and, you. Like, yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great channels out there that have great information. You have Discovery Channel. You have National Geographic. You have Discovery. You have Smithsonian. You have uh, uh, even some of your premium channels like you know HBO, or whatever. It's, you know, I think you know this. That's good, great information everywhere that can be helpful, but. You know, if you really want to get information on how the Grand Canyon came to be, that's that story is going to be told in reference to text before it's going to be told in a visual, um, a, a visual uh, movie or documentary. And it, I was always taught growing up that there's information hidden in books. Yeah, uh, and not from a, someone's trying to hide something from you standpoint is more the great minds a lot of the greatest minds in history were closer to the recluse side mm -hmm. so they're not going to be on tv they're not going to talk in interviews how people do today those people back then what they would do is they would sit down and they write a manifesto mm -hmm. and manifestos get a bad rap nowadays but that's what they would do mm -hmm. they would sit and they would write out all their thoughts as wild as they are and then you would go in, you would read what they wrote, and you synthesize it. And then the next person would go, well, I'm thinking about the book that 
he wrote back in 1864. And he mentioned this one theory about da 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 da. Hold on, let me expand on it. And then the next guy will run with that theory. And then he write down his his memoir, his his recollection of it. And then they just get passed on and on and on and on. Even till today, where it's like some of the greatest discoveries that's being made today aren't being put in the news. They aren't being put. They're really not being put in articles. Some mm-hmm. of them are being written in books that you look at every day and go, "What?" Yeah, and and and, and like and I know I know right now in this conversation we've discussed you know quite a bit about our you know upbringings and how we came to become more familiar with the the concept of reading, and in reference to your childhood, let's talk about let's just think about it like this. If you're in a school, every class, every every school has that one kid who's a brainiac, who's called the nerd, who's called the geek, or who's just that smart person where you know when the, t- when the teacher gives out a pop quiz or an exam, you already know he or she is going to get an A or a B regardless. You know, that kid all up until like 8th grade. <laughs> For real. So 8th yeah, grade, I realized, you know what, I don't have to be smart all the time. You feel me? So, and, and see, now, that's where, and that's, and the thing is, but that kid... A lot, a lot, yeah. That kid probably got a bad, probably rubbed some people the bad, um, in a bad way because of the fact they felt afraid or they was intimidated by his or her capability to perform well. But ask yourself the question: Why is that person able to perform well on exams, or why are they able? Why are they so eager to t- raise their hand and answer questions when a lot of people in the classroom are afraid to even speak out about something that they don't may or may not know because they're taking the time out to read they're taking the time out to go seek knowledge that's one of the best advantages of reading especially if you're a leader you know you're doing something that a lot of people are not doing in the grand scheme of things where a lot of people are taking time out to watch tv a lot of people are taking time out to play on their cell phones a lot of people are taking time out to do you know many other productive things Uh, a lot of leaders are taking time out to sit down and crack over a book. In this day and age, some people, you know, they prefer audio books. But nevertheless, it's information that is helping them develop in so many ways where when they get back into the groove of, you know, working their business or, you know, doing whatever their craft is, they're now, they have so much, they have more information at their disposal that they're not in the same mind frame they were the day before and that brings us to our next uh point of why leaders are uh, readers would be reading you can pick up on new thoughts and ideas it's Mm -hmm. like you can change the framework of your mind yeah it's like you can and this is me speaking from my experience you can learn a new idea in a way that you never thought about it so growing up i never you know, I always liked the idea of owning my own business, but I didn't know anyone who was doing it at the scale that my imagination had. Mm-hmm. But being able to read books like Think and Grow Rich, uh, read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, I started seeing that, you know, there are people who can they have done it and they've done it from the ideas they have. They've done it from just making the right connections, making the right friends. And when I started reading uh, I, I think it is uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. He talks yeah. about uh, uh, Ford. He talks about yeah, it's Dale uh, Carnegie for sure. Edison. He talks about uh, the actual 
mm-hmm. Andrew Carnegie. <laughs> so it's like, and then you start realizing, like even his book, he said, man, I studied, his whole book was him and Think and Grow Rich with Napoleon Hill was just a study of great people. It was. It's, it's essentially they did a podcast in written format. Yeah, and that's, that's all, all they did. That's all it was. And then they condensed the information. They said, this is what made this person great from me following this guy around for a year. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I've heard his story. I've talked to his friends. I've I've done this. I've done that. I've done this and that. In the end, if you want to be like Ford, you need to think, how can I make this complicated process simple? If you can make any process simple, you'll be great like Ford. And it's like... As a kid, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, the teacher taught me how to do long division. I should always do long division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and think and think about now. Like, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, applying how scholars back in the day took the time where they were studying other great people and great minds, and they used their, you know, personal documentation process to, to publicize that information to the world through um, through a publicized format called a book. And now when you look at this current day where a lot of people are doing the exact same thing, but instead of it put into just the book format, they're also putting into audio format. They're putting into video yeah. format, you know. And like you said, all it was, it was a podcast. It's an early podcast. <laughs> it's an early podcast. I'm pretty sure... Nine times out of ten, the person or the person or the group that created, who made podcasts what it is today, they're thinking, they're sitting down thinking, man, I wish we would have started this with exactly. Napoleon Hills. Yeah, exactly. we'd be rich. We'd be rich. <laughs> so you know, I so when I so when you talk about taking, you know, your key elements of who you are as an individual, how you think, how you work, how you produce. And now you want to build on top of those fundamental blocks of your mission. You are taking time out to gather more information. And the great thing about books is, it's just like when you watch television. If I want to watch, if I want to go to, uh, if I want to watch all the, if I want to catch up on all the basketball from yesterday, I can go to ESPN channel right now and do that. If I want to, but if I want to learn more about business, if I want to learn about how, um, Henry Ford built his dynasty. I can go on Wikipedia. I can go on, I could probably go on Amazon right now and get a book and read it. And the thing is, when I sit down as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as I sit down and I, and I want to go about a similar process of building my own business, building my own organization, I can now have the information in my mind about how I want to do what Henry Ford did back in the day, but with my own style. And now that is something that is very important to any type of leader. You have to be able to grasp information without having to go out of your way to get it. And it's a convenience. You know, the book is something that a lot of people are not going to have the wear power to do you know even with this being the information age a lot of people still want a few i feel like even though we're in the information age we are are you know we are still as a masses afraid to open the book to yeah. read and the crazy part is the book now can be an article that takes 15 minutes so simple and, and it's it's sad not say in a in a oh I feel bad for you guys in a 
there are people who want greatness that want a mindset shift they know they should be reading yeah and they're still not doing it it's so it's so many it's so many th- it's so many things that it's so many things in this world that we want to do to make ourselves the best version of ourselves but we don't do it because we haven't practiced it we haven't made it a, a everyday habit of our dna and and adding to that i would challenge someone i may do it myself i don't know all the money that you take to go on a vacation what if you were to periodically set you make a challenge with yourself 2021 no vacations <laughs> all how much do you normally spend on vacations for a year well yeah like two uh, grand three grand probably like two okay and because for me you know vacation i i want to say like these past this past year, I, let's, let's just take 2019. 2020, 2020 was, has been a year. Uh, let's take 2019, for example. I think 2019, I did about like two or three vacations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was, you know, with some friends or whatever. And I say on an average, I spent probably like 1500 for like everything, including like the... the each the, trip. Each trip. So you took, you did three trips, four trips. You just say three, three trips. Yeah, I didn't say three trips at mm-hmm. fifteen hundred a pop, mm-hmm. and that's not just like on yeah. average. Yeah. So let's actually let let's just say you took three trips, fifteen hundred a pop. So you spent about four thousand five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. All right. Cool. So let's say if you took that same amount of money, how much does it cost to let's say a semester of college? <laughs> a semester of college. Well, uh, well, we went to college at Southern. It's like twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred, yeah. For a semester, yeah, for a semester. So, and that's not even including books and all that stuff. Yeah. So let's take out <laughs> the need to pay a professor, all right? Technology fees, all of that. You take that forty five hundred you spent on vacations, and you took it and put it toward nothing but one subject. Let's say you wanted to learn Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That, that's tough. I don't know nothing about Bitcoin, but. Oh, uh, trust me, you, you're going to want to know about it within, like, very soon. Okay, so let's like, say... I, I say like this, Bitcoin, and this is like a side, side combo, Bitcoin is so, it's going to be so important that, well, we're not just Bitcoin, Bitcoin is just a brand, it's one brand of many different yeah. types of... Uh, um, it, uh, fact, going into branding, it's, it's yeah. the name that everyone uses for but yeah. online currency. Right, but if you're familiar with online currency, online currency is where... Um, monetary, you know, fiscal currency is going to be in in the future. I got one for it. Let's say stocks. Stocks. Everyone loves stocks. Everyone loves stocks. Everyone loves it. Let's say you took that same forty five hundred mm-hmm. on January one. You said, "Hey, I'm gonna spray this forty five hundred off across the next twelve months. Every month, I want to read a book a week. Mm-hmm. That's four books a month, fifty two books a year." If you read, that's, and then if you're doing, let's say an hour a day, mm-hmm. you're probably doing more than an hour a day if you read the book a week. But let's say you're even just doing an hour a day. Mm-hmm. How many credit hours does it take you to get an, a bachelor's in business admin? A little bit over 100. A little bit over, let's say 120. Yeah. So let's say you're reading three books a day. You're reading three hours a day. You're reading a book a week. So now at this point you've read a hundred and oh so you do basically you just do fifty two times three. You've read a hundred and 
well over 150 hours of books on nothing but concepts of stocks, how to read stocks, how to follow stocks. Previous years, you started following the financial trends since the 19, since the 1920s, since the Great Depression. You followed every trend since then because you have the time to read, because you're reading three hours a day. Would you consider yourself at that point outside of practice? Because we're not even taking into account that you still have money aside to practice stocks at this point. You have enough experience to consider yourself at that MBA level. Not not NBA, but MBA, Masters of Business Admin level of stocks. Would you say you have enough knowledge to trade accurately at that point? Yeah, you would. Because uh, honestly, if you if if one person took to uh, took a full twelve month period to just focus on that one subject of stocks and you reading know, everything you can find, read, up, becoming yeah. obsessed with it, yeah, be, like becoming a madman with that with that um, with that journey, you would honestly by month six, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you had made well over six figures. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying. And then let's say you took that whole year and said, "Hey, for this year, I'm gonna do nothing but study." I'm yeah. going to take notes. I'm not even going to practice this year. But come January 1, I have to strike. Yeah. No, like you no, you could. No, you, you could. By you 2023, can, you retire from stocks. And honestly, it wouldn't take. So, and, and to kind of go and to kind of help tie back in the that four grand that we spoke of earlier, you wouldn't have to spend on four grand. Yeah, man. A book is what? On average, no book books are very cheap. Yeah. That's the thing. Books are very cheap in today's society. You know, I'm even say that you go into books a million. You spend twenty five a book, bro. I would. I'm telling you right now. You if you spend twenty five dollars a book for fifty two weeks to read a book a week, you're still only at one thousand three hundred dollars. You still got that's on high end. That's not three thousand two hundred dollars to invest in stocks. You can become a day trader. You I'm only need two G's. I'm telling you that, and honestly, that's on and that. That amount, that thirteen hundred that you just spent on at books, man, that's on a high end. Honestly, you can go I, Amazon. I, yeah, Amazon has books. Use for, books. Use books. Honestly, you a, a place where a lot of people try to act high and mighty on and don't want to go to, or if they do go to it, they avoid this one section, the book section and Goodwill. Goodwill. I'm gonna tell you another like, really good used bookstore. I have. I, I'm telling you, I, I I've went to Goodwill with like. A hundred dollars. I think I, the last time I did this was like last year. Last year I um I had like a hundred dollars just to spare. And you the whole book section almost. I walked out. I walked. I, I literally walked out of Goodwill with like two carts, like two shopping carts with like three, four boxes full of books. And I'm not talking about something like one of those, you know, big boxes of like like that probably holds a stereo set in. I had those books, those boxes were full of books, and I think within the next three months, I took all those books, and I've been, and I've read like a madman, and I learned so much, and that's, and when people ask the question of how successful people get to where they at, it's not hard, it's, it's just that you have to want to do it, you I have did. to, you have to want, you have to want to break those bad like the what you what you're used to doing right now is not going to help you get to where you want to be at tomorrow. Yeah, and we realistically we just laid the blueprint to become a master of a subject. Yeah, no, really. If yeah. if you're reading a book a week, you're reading three hours a day. You study, you know, the book itself, then any supplemental material, any resources, and then let's say if you were spending that forty five hundred a year to go on vacation, you said, hey, no vacations in twenty twenty one. You do this. You've only spent 
$1,300 on the top end. Now you still got money to invest in courses, find a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and That's then serious. you can turn around and then just hop onto it. So if you wanted to take a year and learn real estate, that, mean, you could do you that. Could probably, you honestly, really you, don't even you need to take, spend the money for real estate. But. Honestly, if you have 4000 if you if it, if it was at like January 1 and you had like, that, let's say that, let's just stick with the, let's remain consistent with what we're talking about. If you had that $4,000 at January 1, you can take half of that 4000 put into a financial vehicle to where it's gaining interest throughout, the, throughout that 12-month period. The other $2,000 you invest into yourself, you only need about $200 to really get a lot of cheap books that has great information inside of it. The information it may be, the information is not old, especially to my finances. It, you know, you know, it, it, the concepts are always going to remain the same. Certain things are going to you know improve or evolve over time, but you know, the concepts stay the same. You take you take that you take that you take that framework and you apply it to yourself. Um, who mentioned this before? One of my favorite rappers had mentioned this before. Um, Nipsey Hussle. You know, sometimes you gotta get ugly, bro. Sometimes you gotta shut down the fun and get ugly and and really get to the hustle, man. Like honestly, you really have to do that. Sometimes you like honestly, I'm doing it right now. I haven't had a haircut in about like a month or so. No, but man. you know, last year, last year, I, I gave know, up on all grooming. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like honestly, the the thing is, what what truly matters to you, and um, is it getting the knowledge so you can be able to improve your life and improve your business, improve, you know, how you live your daily life, or are you trying to still impress other people or other things? That, yeah, like uh, you know, it's a the the famous Dave Ramsey quote. Live life today like nobody else, so that you can live in the future like nobody else. Yeah, man. Is it's one of those type things. And then the last way, and we've kind of touched on this uh, the entire time. Uh, the last reason why leaders are readers is that you curb your learning because you learn from the experience of others. There, I look at biographies as nothing but blueprints. Yeah, it's, it's people laying out the blueprints of success. You'll yeah, you'll start realizing that success doesn't have. It's not this esoteric thing. So you can tell I've been reading a little bit. So it's it's not this mystical, only one in a million can get it type thing. No, success and and when I say success, I mean abundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, living an abundant lifestyle where you have more than what is needed is a science to it. And as you the more you read biographies, you start seeing what the clues are. And the clues are simply you have to have an undying faith in what you believe in. You have to execute. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to execute. You have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and that's it. Yeah, that that's the whole blueprint. Right, and you had you touched on this a little bit earlier. You had mentioned that for those people who may not have a mentor and what they have an interest in, or they may not be in a part of town where there are. They have they are granted they have granted assets to those people places and things, you know, to where you know it's tangible. A book can get if you want like for example, you want to learn about uh, a multi billionaire or you want to learn about this great mind that ha- that is not here no more. This person or this place or this thing that is so influential to yourself and you think that it's going to bring great impact to how you think you can be able to right now go research that person research that place research that that thing that you want to learn more about and 
grasp everything that you want from it to apply it to your own life, to your own ideas, to your own, you know, business, whatever it is, you can do that. You know, where you're, when you're reading, you're and especially if you're reading someone else's story, reading someone else's experience, you are, you're getting a front row seat to their, to their film, seeing how they, they go through their journey and what mistakes they made, what highs and lows, what peaks and valleys they went through to get where they ended off at. And you can either mimic directly what they did, or you can be able to take their learning lessons and apply it to your own life to know what not to do and what you can do if you want to go down that route, or you can create your own path. It gives you more options versus just relying on the immediate things that's in your local proximity, thinking that, hey, this is all I have at my disposal. No, if I if I want to learn more about Gary Vee, I've never met Gary Vee, look forward to meeting him one day. But if I don't, I have his, I have everything that he's created on YouTube, on social media, in his books at my disposal. I can learn more. I can learn everything about him. I can learn what he stands for. I can learn what he's teaching, what he believes in, and what he's creating. And I can be able to take his framework, make it my own, and be able to go from there without even going to New York City and meeting this guy in his office one day. I can do that if I want to, but guess what? I have the option because I'm going to seek the knowledge and I'm applying to myself. So when you talk about leaders who are very successful, and even for, and I'll be mindful with this, the skill of reading or the habit of reading gives you the opportunity to build a muscle in your mind that when you hit rock bottom, not if, but when you hit rock bottom, when you have those moments of doubt, those moments where you're challenged and you're reaching new territory, you know how to go seek new information and discover new ideas and new opportunities. So I close, and I just want to tell you guys, man, go out there and pick up a book. <laughs> it was, I think it was on Proud Family. They was like, they made a video, <laughs> read, a, read book. a book, read a book, read a <laughs> book. Yeah. So like, honestly, it's and you know, in closing, I I would say you know, reading, like I just mentioned, it's it's a muscle. It's just like for someone who wants to get in shape, someone who wants to lose weight or adopt a, a healthy, a healthier lifestyle than they are right now. It's something that you're going to have to do day to day, time and time again. So you can get used to doing something that you um, are not used to right now, but knowing that it's going to bring you so much joy and so much peace and so much happiness in the long run, because reading is the opportunity where you can find the truths and also find the clues to the tomorrow that you want to build for yourself. So, in closing, just read, man. It helps. Read a book. Read a book. Yeah, man. So, Samari. This is Jared. Peace. Peace. Hey, everybody. I want to say thanks for listening. Appreciate you for checking us out. So make sure to follow us on social media. All the links are available within the bio section. If you're heavy, we're heavy on Instagram right now. So look us up on Off the Hustle Pod. Off the Hustle Podcast. <laughs> My bad. But hey, guys, we're also looking for those ratings and reviews. If you got us, we're on every major platform: Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Breaker. You name it, we're on it. Yeah. So. Don't forget, 
after you to listen to each episode of Awful Thoughts of Podcast. Give us a true and honest feedback. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. We always want to get better each and every episode. So until next time, peace. Peace. Thank you.